Football Manager, Civilization 6, Baby Iguanas, and George Osborne from the Deep Line Podcast. This is Staying In. So that was all fun <laughs> and games. But, uh, but yes, I, I, to, long story short, I have played Football Manager Excellent. Excellent. Um, and um, Dan, I'm 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 still you, languishing uh, behind in the lowly Football Manager 2016. Which one have you played, Pete? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I've played um, Championship Manager on the the free one on the mobile telephone. Okay, but I don't think it's is it. I think it's Championship Manager. That is. I, I, yep. I wouldn't say it's comparable in any shape, way, shape, or form. No. Well, it's got. Footballers and managers. It's got managers. And you do managing. St- yeah, you've got statistics. It's true. Yeah, and uh, you've got all these things. Uh, the reason that I'm like, ah, oh, this is going to be a heck of a show, is because I I sort of feel like I sort of feel like I'm the luckiest guy in the world right now because I basically have you two to tell me why I should care at all about Football Manager 2017. Right. Uh, when I have no experience, really, of Football Manager or Football Managers or really football. Yeah. So... I think the easiest uh, thing would be, rather than focusing on 2017, maybe just focusing right. on the, the the series of Football Manager. Well, okay. Let's, let's talk about Football Manager in general, then. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What yeah. is it? It's one of those video games, isn't it? You, mm. you, you, you click a thing. You press buttons and things happen on, on screen. And then and then a match of football is played. And then okay. your team wins or it loses, depending upon the buttons that you've pressed. And in particular, the buttons yeah. of which players you've decided to put in your team, how you've set right. them up, and what you do with them during the game. So it's... I've 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 looked at screenshots. I, I've played bits and pieces of it. My understand, and I think I played a version of. I, I I did actually play a Championship Manager when I was. I think it was when Half Life came out. My friend was into football, mm-hmm. um, and that was when I think Championship Manager was still good because it was made by these people. Yes. Um. So now, have they put actual playing the game in it? As in, like, playing... Is it like FIFA no, no, at all? No, 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 so no. Okay, so that's still not in there. So the whole thing is, is that it's about you being a manager of a team and mm-hmm. managers of a team, aside from player managers. Um, I, was at, I was at an Opta quiz last night. It was a very strange thing. Opta do sports stats for things like football and cricket and other things like that. But I was at this quiz last night and they were doing name all of the player managers who've managed Premier League football teams. And it's just like, wow. it's completely died out, this concept of the manager being able to go and run out onto the pitch and try and score a goal. So it's, it's more about building a squad of players keeping them happy having lots of different options so that if a game is going badly you can do something differently to try and win instead and just generally watching things but then trying to make little tweaks and changes to make sure that you succeed instead of being able to actually sort of go out and boot the ball because right you know you can't can't boot the ball as a manager you're not allowed to run onto the pitch and do that because otherwise you get in trouble so can I, can I just check before we go too far into this I, I don't what I don't want is to lose Pete right at the start Okay. No, right. I'm not. I'm not lost. <laughs> not, so I just want to check, Pete, that you are fully, uh, kind of fully okay with the concept of a football match and what goes on over the course <laughs> of a football match. Um, 
mostly um and i've had a coffee right. so i'm 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 ca- caffeinated and willing to learn but yes i think i, ha- I i've got a basic grasp of how football works because i've played them um, cuz dan you and i and um and, and sam and chris we've played uh, FIFA, we won mm. the World Cup. Nice. Uh, you know, before we've won the World Cup mm. in a FIFA game. Very good. So I understand roughly how all of that sort of stuff works. Um, so in terms of tactics and, play- and how you play and making substitutions and choosing certain players to play, all, all that stuff. Yeah. No, that sort of stuff kind of goes over my head a little bit, but I can't, I think I get the, the, the very basics. So, if, so as I understand it, you know, this is a game that is about... It is very much about, as the title says, it is very much about management mm-hmm. in the same way that, let's say, um, um, maybe something like Motorsport Manager works. Exactly. Like, yeah, that's right. it. That, okay. that, I mean, because Motorsport Manager is coming out this week on PC. It's ah, okay. uh, and that I'm really really interested in seeing how yeah, that me, one plays yeah, out me because too, I thought the original was great. The mobile game, exactly. The mobile game was superb, and I played Motorsport Manager at EGX earlier this year, and it was Ooh. it was fascinating. It was really Sounds really nice. good, really well done. But yeah, the, I mean, like, I guess the way if if there's someone out there who's listening to this and is like, you know, what's the best way of envisaging this? I kind of see it as the difference between playing, say. A first-person shooter where you're in the midst mm. of an action versus playing a real-time strategy game where you're over the Got top it. of the action. So, right. you're okay. so. I mean, the the thing about the manager is in in football manager, you're not going to like the full extent of like theme park. You know, like if you're playing a game like theme park, you're you know building the the attractions, but then you're also doing like the stands for the like, the refreshments and managing mm. the queues and things like that. With football manager, you have like the structure of a football club around you. There's a board who run the team you know as in as like a sort of a full business you've got the players who you know are there when you start the game and you coaches and things like that so you kind of have a very defined role but within that you can do all sorts of different things including deciding who you buy deciding which players you put on the pitch the formations how those formations work etc mm. etc so there's there's scope but it's it's trammeled down some handy lines to make sure that it is really just about being a manager Mm. and how approachable is this like like dan you know my gaming tastes incredibly well uh you know like how as somebody like say for example you know someone's listening to this and they're like i don't really like football at all like is this is this accessible to somebody who doesn't like football in the same way that like maybe out of the park uh, the the baseball management game or you know as we talked about like motorsport manager or uh, or even you know as as George was saying there like like a real time strategy game is to somebody who's not necessarily interested in war like is if I'm not into football which I'm not like is football manager a game that you can enjoy or do you have to be I mean, like deeply deeply rude if you look it? at the, the 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 full title of football manager you certainly uh would be at a disadvantage if you didn't have a pre-existing uh but why is that well the, just because that? of the fundamentals of understanding football that as, as a football fan you would automatically understand and think of that the the game may not walk you through however what it does have is a uh, and it was introduced, I think, in because uh, it's an annual game. I think it was introduced in uh, Football Manager 2013. Um, yep. 
a classic mode, which I think is called Touch Now. Um, and it's basically yes. a slimmed down version of it. Um, because one of the things that is kind of a, a kind of one of the legends of Football Manager is the fact that it's such a time eater where players can pl- pile in hours and hours and hours in where marriages have been broken up because the <laughs> the guy has not been able to stop playing this game. And it is real, real time eater. Yeah, so what they, that's it. So what they did was introduce a, a slimmed down version, which was the classic or the now, the now touch version, which you can also cross platform with an iPad and, and kind of pla- and tablets like that. Which I know you're a big yeah, fan man. of your mobile devices. Um, Mm. and with that it slims it all down and it makes it a lot more streamlined and easier and a lot more quicker and I think that version as a gateway might be be much easier to uh, get a handle of for a a non-fan like yourself so what okay so that's really fascinating so why is it that that version I don't want to specifically talk about that touch (laughs) version but what is it that Football Manager 17 you know all the main PC Football Managers what additional depth are we talking about that goes beyond that usual uh, that tablet version but also the free to play tablet versions that, well, that the, well, the, touch, so, the touch version does come with the game you, when you buy Football right. Manager you will buy the full version and included with that is another game mode which is the touch version and then you right, can right, buy right. the tablet version which you can then cross platform between them so if you want to play it on yeah. tablet you buy an extra title but you get that slimmed down version there but I think, I mean, I'm, I've not played a lot of the classic version. I don't know about you, George. So um, I've, yeah, I, ha- I have played with it. I mean, I've, I tend to dabble with it a little bit every year just to sort of... I, I tend to review the game, so it's useful for me to have a quick look. But, mm-hmm. I mean, the essence of it is that if you go into the full mode and if you go into the full version of the game, you can set the game up with, if you've got the necessary processing grunt you can set it up to have hundreds of leagues and if you have hundreds of leagues you have a database of potentially hundreds of thousands or you know millions of real players who you can right. search for and who your scouts can discover and you know the the you can get into this game and, and when you get into the match as well and when you get into everything that's going on you've got all of these things like really detailed press conferences where you respond to questions from the press you can have player interactions where someone goes I'm really unhappy in the team I want to go and move to a big club why don't you sell me and you go hang on a minute I'm not selling you because you're my best player and he goes no I'm leaving and you go how about if someone bids 40 million for you we'll let you go and he goes all right then okay that's fine so you have those kind of interactions whereas with touch you pick three leagues and then it loads it. And then what happens is it just focuses on like the core loop. And like the core loop being, you know, like that sort of you go into the screen, you pick a team, you set that formation up. That formation goes out and plays a game. There's a result. Afterwards, you know, you might have some injuries or suspensions or your players might be tired because they've played a lot of games in recent times. So you have to change your team. But then you go through the next game. So like FM Touch is like the really streamlined, speedy version Whereas mm. FM seventeen is more full fat, and I, I, I mean, I, I think what Dan was saying about can you get into it if you're not a football fan? There are ways that you can, and there are there are things that you can even do within the game itself that I think would make it easier. And I think probably the easiest one for that, even though I never use it, is you can turn off real players. So instead of it having real world players, right. it's just a database of entirely made up players. So it's simply ah, okay. so it's simply then about looking at the numbers. But like I think what Dan was saying about you need to have like some knowledge of football beforehand. It is really useful to have that knowledge because it helps you to 
understand how formations work and it understands how shapes and how teams interact with one another because what's really popular amongst like football manager players is going through famous teams in history or looking at teams that are playing today and trying to replicate what they're doing and so to be able to do that you need to mm. obviously be watching what they're doing or have read about them so- and so well i mean i'm prepared this is the thing i am prepared to go the distance right because uh fun story when i was at university i tried to uh i was like i'm gonna get into total war yeah which is obviously a really good thing when you're at university that's a really good that's a really good call um and uh i was reading i was reading up uh all about it and stuff like that and the, the i managed to pick up a copy of total war shogun mm-hmm. um and uh the game in the manual, I was like flicking through the manual and stuff like that, and it said, um, "We advise something like we advise all players to go and read Sun Tzu's Art of War." Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, "So off I talk, <laughs> you know," and uh, and and go and read like Art of War and stuff like that. Side note, didn't help at all. <laughs> Couldn't figure out any of the controls. But I'm prepared to go. For, I'm trying to, uh, you know, I'm prepared to go into it and, and with with an open mind and actually do that research and so on. Um, when so you're talking, you know, you you're yeah. talking a lot about stats there. Yes, and you're talking a lot about, you know, there's there's depth and knowing about players. Yes, and knowing about general tactics and that kind of stuff. One one of the things I guess I'm sort of really interested in in finding out is. I mean, how much of a simulation is this? Like, is it is it simula- Is it simply that like it's it's going here is a spreadsheet full of numbers, mm-hmm. and here is another spreadsheet full of numbers. Both of these spreadsheets of numbers are, rep- are basically representations of players. And if you have more of this number versus more of this number, then this number is going to this number is going to win out. Or is it that there is some sort of Artificial, uh, you know, artificial intelligence going on. Mm-hmm. That the 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 replays of the matches and and all that sort of stuff that you get, you know, that looks a little bit sort of like top down sensible soccer, sort of, you know, that sort of thing. Because I've sort of seen a few of those screenshots where you get that sort of top yeah. down kicking yeah. the ball about and so on. Um, uh, is it that there is actual simulation of a game of football going on, and uh, in exactly the same way that? Um, Again, like a, a little bit more like a, a FIFA is simulating an actual... Like if you let two AI teams in FIFA go, mm-hmm. you'll see how that actually plays out. Yeah. Is that happening in the background of Football Manager or is it just this number is bigger than there this is, number? There is certainly uh, elements of that. I think on people on this very podcast have in the past referred to Football Manager as merely spreadsheets, the game. Yeah. Um, and whilst... I can understand the argument because uh, it's a game built on statistics and numbers and the numbers are front and centre. I think the complexity of the use of those numbers prevents it from, takes it far beyond just using those numbers. So as George was saying, you have the numbers which would determine the attributes of a player. That is then influenced again by their mood. It's influenced by their current physical condition. It's Mm -hmm. influenced by the players around them. It's influenced Mm -hmm. by where you play them. So there's lots of different things making it very complex. And then on top of that, you can, for example, if I was playing a team, the exact same formation all season long, exactly the same, I might start off playing really well. During that season, the players, the teams I'm coming up against will learn 
how I play, and then they will play against me in a way that's going to nullify my threats. Really? Yes. Wow. That's, that's yeah. That's really fascinating. This is it. Football Manager. It, it's one of those games where, like Dan is saying, is that people think it's just numbers on spreadsheets boshing against each other. It's not. Um, I've spoken with a lot of people who've got a lot of experience with the game. I've played it now in various guises for about 16 years, but I know people who've been there basically since the beginning. I'm, I'm about the same as you. Yeah, that's it. But I know people who've been from the very beginning, and they've explained to me sort of how it's evolved. And particularly in the last few years, there's been a really interesting shift away from... So what happened is, the way it used to work is you used to put players on the pitch in a certain formation and then you would use these little sliders basically to determine like how attacking you were or how hard your tackling would be or whatever it would be and you would put it like that And, and what was happening was that people were basically learning how to game that so that you could create these like super tactics that um you would just slide things backwards and forwards and voila eventually you find the sweet spot you're going to win um and that's what happened for a long time and then what happened is is that Sports Interactive a number of years ago changed it to a new system where you have things like a first of all you have like a mentality so your team either adopts one of the things which is basically defensive counter-attacking a standard philosophy that's got no particular emphasis attacking or overload which is like a, a really very aggressive philosophy you then have a flexibility you then basically can choose between how flexible your team is in terms of its structure so you can choose teams that are very tactically rigid so if a team is very very rigid then if you were playing like a 4-4-2 four defenders four midfielders and two attackers the defenders would defend the midfielders would be in the middle and the attackers would try and score the goals whereas if you switch that to being fluid you get what i was discussing with ajax where you might have a defender who suddenly appears in the opposing penalty area for some reason because he spotted the chance to make a run forwards and the reason why that matters is that you take those two things And then you take the system that you choose and then you add in the players that you've chosen. So if, for example, you're wanting to play a very fluid system, you need players who are more intelligent. You need players who have got better decision making. You need players who are tactically more astute. You need people who are fitter so they're able to cover more ground. You also need, if you're playing a more fluid system, people who can do things, who can pass the ball well, but who can also tackle well because they're going to need to do a bit of both. Whereas if you're playing a very rigid approach, what you could do is have someone who is very, very good at defending. He's really good at heading. He's really good at tackling. And he's really good at marking other opponents out of the game. But beyond that, he wouldn't need to do anything else because he just stays in one place and does things. And so what you need to do is you're not just putting some players in and hoping your numbers are the best. You need to think about how do I build a tactic that works with the players Mm. that I've got and with the approaches that I can adopt. And so you have to sit there from scratch, look at your squad, look at the numbers and try and work out roughly how everyone in your squad plays and then use that as basically a building blocks for doing something such as building successful tactics. So there's a lot more to it. And you know, particularly the idea of this AI, um, I, you know, what I've noticed particularly in the last few years is it's much more adaptive. Like you might be in a two goal lead at half time, but then the opponents will change their formation deliberately to counter your threats. And once they've done it, if one team does it and is successful, you often see other managers doing it as well, depending upon how smart they are. 
I, th- I think mm. you can understand from kind of explaining all the intricacies of it why it can be such a time drain where people will yeah. plug days and weeks into this game. I I, I play pretty much because I will get Football Manager most years and by right. far every year that is the game I've put the most hours into without mm-hmm. a shadow Same. of a doubt. Do you well? Here's something. Do you happen to have? Do you both happen to have Steam open? I don't have Steam open, but I do know that last year's game I put in a relatively small number of hours for me, which was 300. The top years, the top years. I mean, the most dedicated players who basically just play Football Manager will rack up a thousand hours every year on it. I have it open. Oh gosh, Dan. Uh, Football Manager, 2016. Again, it's not a it's not a massive number. Uh, so I've had these about a year. That's uh, 323 hours. Mm-hmm. Jeez. I mean, that is very impressive. I mean, first of all, that seems like first of all, just in in terms of raw value proposition, you've got your money's worth, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Can I just say, looking at some of the older games that I had, uh, Football Manager 2012, I put in 850 hours. Yeah, you were at uni, you were at uni then though, right? No, no, it wouldn't have been. What were you doing, Dan? <laughs> I was I was in I was in post university malaise. Jesus, Dan. Um so um so is I one of the other things that I find absolutely fascinating that it feels like you're sort of touching upon here is that so from an outsider if you if you're just looking at screenshots, it can feel very like unapproachable mathematics all of that sort of thing but the way that you guys are describing it it feels a lot like you're sort of inventing stories of how things are playing out on the pitch like it feels like you're actually devising how a sea is it a season in yeah. British football? Yes, it is indeed. I got it right. I thought it was like I thought it was like a series maybe because <laughs> over here it's like British TV is yeah. anyway. Um so um so like a season like it sounds to me like you're sort of like generating a story about the season of football that you're having that you know you you were playing a playing the game and then like you know George you know you, your team was 2-0 up and then you know they've come back by two goals because you didn't change those tactics mm-hmm. you, like, you absolutely do you 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 both have it in terms of the matches how the season goes but you develop relationships with your players there are players that I will start to dislike because they have not played well or they've yep. been playing badly and then complain that I've not been playing them because after they play badly. So I will have my own personal feelings and I'll just say, you know what, I'm going to sell you because I can't <laughs> be dealing with this anymore. That's it. So yeah, similarly, I, I... I can, there's a, there's a, maybe there's a player who's not the greatest, but he's scrappy and he's, he, I know he tries really hard and I like him, so I'll keep him around. I'll give him a new contract even if he doesn't necessarily deserve it. That's it. I have I have a massive hatred of a player called Taliska. He's a Brazilian player. <laughs> He's just such a, a colossal. Is, he, is, this he real? is a real person, and I don't, oh. I dislike him. I also have you written to him? Uh, I, I haven't written to him. I also dislike the Slovenian team Maribor for very long and complicated <laughs> reasons involving them frustrating me in a Slovenian league season or two. But essentially. <laughs> That's it. And you just get these... I mean, the thing is, is that... So uh, we were talking about this. Uh, I, I do a podcast about football manager called The Deep Line Podcast. And like one of the most recent episodes, we were talking with a guy who actually scouts players for a living. Mm. So he actually works for Plymouth, uh, Argyle, the football team. 
providing scouting data to the first team coach and to the manager and we were talking about this and like he was saying like you know we would we came up with the phrase which was the football managerization of football like what's happened is this game has helped create a whole audience particularly in the uk of stats hungry nutters and so mm. when they're watching the football i mean like for example you know if you watch Sky Sports coverage of the transfer deadline, just sort of say the, the few days before teams can no longer sign players. When they're trying to explain how good a player is, they go, let's look at his football manager stats. And they'll pull it out and they'll put it on That's a screen. Amazing. And it's like they will go, oh, you know, Jack Wilshire's bravery is only 16. And it's just like, it's absurd. It really is absurd. I love the game, but it's just like, how on earth can someone genuinely like someone was saying well how can you quantify the bravery of jack wilshire how is that done you know is it the sort of if he is he if he's willing to put his hand into a tub of tarantulas then that's a that's a solid 19 <laughs> but you know if he's a little bit too scared to put the cup over the top of a spider that snuck into the house that's a bravery of four it's like <laughs> i like the idea of footballers kind of queuing up to go into several different rooms <laughs> in each room they're giving a specific test on an attribute <laughs> Yeah, that's it. It's just like the anticipation one where they walk into the room and just someone's firing cannons of footballs at people and it's just like, duck, oh, oh you got hit in the face. That's a seven. And it's just like, <laughs> you know, I mean, so it is absurd. And like what he was saying is that, you know, what you can do and what you can end up doing is you end up forgetting that football manager is a representation. It's a very convincing simulation and representation of football, but it's not football like he he was talking about you know like people who sort of go oh yeah i take over at these low lower league teams and i give them loads of instructions and they're really successful and he's like i've had, i've got this one guy in the first team who i literally cannot give him more than two instructions because he can't remember them and it's just like oh. and so it's like and so but like he's what he's saying is so you know like in the game you can just do oh i'll do this i'll do that blah 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 yeah. i just press these buttons and look at how good it's going whereas in real life it's a bit like you have to manage the dynamic much more and the numbers don't add up because but the it, it, things are very numbers based the more and more i'm you know the more i sort of uh, learn about uh, modern football it, it does feel like it is becoming the it, it feels like it is becoming like the refuge of the geeks mm. like uh, much like baseball was again uh, you know uh, again I'm not m massively au fait with uh, North American baseball but it feels like post Blackball and post um, a book called Soconomics yep. uh, by Cooper and Sisman that's the one Sismak yep. Sismak yep. Sismak um, uh, which I was listening to a fascinating podcast all about. Um, you know, since those books and since that, that's that's a that's a football manager required reading. <laughs> right, right, okay. Well, I'll yeah. have to. That's it. You can also add the numbers game um, to that risk and inverting the, the pyramid. Okay. Oh my word! Inverting but, the pyramid is the tome. So th this is your the art of war. So, so this is, but this this is exactly what I'm talking about now. Like, because I think I think there's a. I think there's an argument to be made here that, like, obviously, like, the kind of people who listen to a, you know, geek culture show, mm. like the one that we do, is, like, when people start talking about football on that kind of a show, I kind of feel like there's a danger there that somebody's just going to turn off. Sure, yeah. But to me, the... The, football is becoming this increasingly geeky pastime where you know we're talking about we're you know talking about this um football manager game 
and we talk about real world football and we're talking about the stories that come out of it that to me feels a lot like you know live action role playing and it feels a lot like you know that that weird um reddit thread of this happened to me in dark souls and now you guys are saying you know oh there are these books that you should be reading like and, and to me like football has become this uh statistics heavy thing where i think the general um the general image of what somebody who is into football I think is really, really quite gradually changing from the what it was when I was growing up, which was, you know, like like and I think, you know, when we were all growing up really, like a bit thuggish, lads on tour <laughs> sort of sort of rubbish. And now it's becoming a lot more about, you know, thoughtful uh thoughtful, intelligent people talking about, well no, this these are the the hard statistics yeah. of how a game of football works and this and football manager seventeen and the football manager series in general feels like a reflection of what that actually of of that. Well, I yeah. think if I think kind of the books that you mentioned there, um I'm gonna make up a word now, but uh the statification that's <laughs> my motive word of football um has kind of acted very much like an equalizer. Um so books like Soconomics and those kind of things because they can look at stats stats can be understood theoretically by anybody um, yeah. you try, if I try to explain to you my experience of going to a football match it's much more difficult than me to say explaining to you a football manager match because I can use statistics to kind of bring you onto yeah, my level yeah. whereas you don't have the experience of being at a live football match it's more difficult because it's an emotional thing it's, a, it's a, mm. an experience mm. that I have trying to explain that Whereas a statistics, as I say, it's an equaliser, so you can get on board at that level and understand it on a, on a basic level. It's been fascinating hearing about Football Manager 17 and how uh, the the game generates these stories and how there's a huge amount of like time sync and how like it's driven on stats and all this sort of stuff. Because, um, like... And and yet it has this this football theme, which I think puts a lot of people off. Mm. And for me, the game I've been playing a whole bunch um, has been Civilization VI. And all of these these things, like these, which you know, to me, I feel like Civ VI is a more traditional, quote unquote, gamer game. Mm. If you know what yeah. I mean, like it's it, you know, it's much more like oh, I, I play video games, therefore the game I play is Civ. Whereas like oh, I play football, uh, you know, I like football, therefore I, I play Football Manager. Um, the but the the comparisons there are really fascinating because there is all of that stuff in there. Have either of you managed to either check Civ? Well, have either of you managed to check Civ Six out? I haven't, but I do know quite a few people who have. So there's a reason why I haven't checked Civ Six out. Go on. It's because I have Football Manager, and Football <laughs> Manager is already such a devastating time sink that <laughs> I, you know it's just like I, so. I've got three time sinks, which at the moment are overwatch rocket league and football manager 2017 i find it very difficult to play any other games at the best of times yeah. if i add yeah, civilization yeah. to that i genuinely think my life will just end yeah you I, I don't think I, I think you'd be out of a house because you wouldn't go to work yeah. right i mean like i mean to fit all that stuff in um so in a, uh, in, a, in, a, in a switch round of our first conversation uh me taking on the role of you pete i have never played a yeah. civilization game have you I've not? not? I actually don't really know. I'm I'm imagining it's kind of like SimCity. Right, you see, now this is why, uh, I, like, 
this is why, to me, I wanted to get my head around what Football Manager was because I knew that as an outsider, I had a wrong perspective on what that was. And and I think it, the same it, it can be said of Civilization because no, it's not like SimCity. Like SimCity is a you know um, a the the scale of SimCity is essentially one hexagon on the hundreds of hexagon map uh, on you know civilization um the so SimCity is much more about m- i wouldn't say micromanagement because you know like it's not like the sims level of micromanagement but it's micromanagement in you're saying okay put a housing district here like very small little housing district here and then there's going to be a park here and a nice little road down here and this is how the waterworks will work um Civilization is a game that starts in, uh, I want to say something like 3000 BC, uh, certainly a few thousand BC, um, and then spans till uh, 2200 uh, AD. Because I, I, the only thing I've seen about Civ 6 is the trailer. Yes. And so I'm really curious because the trailer was really good. Oh, well, the trailer is very good. Um, and But... I didn't really know what the game uh, was from that because it made it seem as if you could maybe do civilizations in every in lots of different places. But if it's the idea of starting in BC and then growing up to twenty two hundred, yeah. that sounds very very interesting. Right. Okay. So um, that trailer did a really good job, I think, of communicating to people who had never played Civ an idea of what Civ is to people who had played Civ. I think a lot of people got really angry at that trailer because it didn't really tell you anything about what was new about the game or what what you could expect. And I went into Civ 6 having played about 20, 30 hours of of Civ 5, which is not a lot, not at all. Um, uh, So Alex, uh, my partner, her father on Civ 5, and this is his least, one of his least favourite Civs, I think is clocking in at 14, 1500 hours now. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and that's not his favourite, not by a long shot. Um, so, um, so I, you know, I, I, I kind of knew what to expect. I played Civ 5 and, and uh, Civ 6, I was like, well, I don't really know what the big differences are going to be, you know, like, uh, at all. Um, and so, <laughs> The, the core concept of civilization has remained the same as as you would expect and as you would want. So basically, civilization is a game about uh, you start as the leader of a people, and the leaders of the people are generally uh, they are people from uh, historical uh, from from history. Uh, so, for example, Gandhi, uh, Elizabeth, uh, you know. Uh, uh, Lincoln, that kind of thing. Like civilization has these these kinds of characters, and you pick these these characters. So, for example, Civ Five had Bismarck, and Bismarck has certain um, certain traits when you pick him that benefit you playing Civ in a certain way. So, Bismarck had access to, I want to say, like industrialization and uh, like a, a specific like uh, unit in the field that was much better at you know stomping over certain bits of ground or whatever it was um so you can so you pick to play as characters they're mostly you're sort of choosing to play a, as a as a type of person mm-hmm. rather than a specific person um and 
everybody else in the game has one of these characters as well. And you start the game by... It's all laid out on hexagons. It used to be on squares, but they got rid of that. Uh, it's all on hexagons. And the idea is that you you, you found your first city, and you, you hope... hope you know, hopefully it'll be in a, a decent area. You can move your little settler around to make sure that you get into the right place. But there you go, you found your city. So you've you've you're you're like, okay, so what 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 shall I do to get things started? I know. I'll start building a monument. So a monument uh builds up your culture, uh, which is one of the resources that you have in the game. You have things like production, you have money, uh, and you have culture. Um and these are things that determine uh, science uh, and you sort of build these resources up and you use those to advance your civilization forward um, and you've built this monument and so you're building up your culture and so your civilization is a more cultured civilization it gives access to things like uh, eventually it'll give access to things like theater or to uh, chariot racing or to other other um, civil functions that will again continue to help your civilization grow out and uh, become more dominant. So you have all of these other resources as well, and getting access to those is is super useful because having those resources allows you to build. If you've got horses, specific early units. Like you, you know, if you don't have horses, you can't have cavalry. So and cavalry are much much better uh, against certain types of other enemy units. So it means that you know when you come up against them. If you've got horses and you've got that research and you're at roughly the same level, then you are able to use those units to outsmart your enemy and your enemy has to go away and think about how they're actually going to try and defeat you. Um, so is this, this, isn't, this isn't any kind of uh, online game. You're, you're, it's playing against a computer. So it's playing against the computer. There is online. Um, so you have things like uh, you'll have things like hot seats, uh, which is kind of like a pass and play, I guess. It's basically where you like play by email. So it's like um, you'll 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 do all of your moves, and then you'll uh, and then you'll you'll get to the end of the turn, and then it will send it off to the, the other person, and they'll get the, their thing, and they'll you know they'll they'll play their turn, they'll send it back to you, and all that sort of stuff. Kind of like kind of like a board game. Uh, this is the ultimate strategy board game, Dan. <laughs> like no mucking about. This this is. Yeah, like this is like Catan plus 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 plus. Like it is really really. Intense. Oh, but I'm used to Catan. <laughs> uh, well, but you'll like this, I promise. Um, so 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 yeah. So does it involve bartering? Because that's where I always fall down. I always piss someone off right at the start, and I ruin the game. Oh, you well then you would fail miserably at bartering. So so as I say, it's turn based. The game's turn based. Um, you do all of your actions, you do all your things, and then you say, okay, next turn. Then a year passes generally, and everything happens, and then you see what ha- uh, see what the results of that were. You see what your your opponent's actions are and then you, you you counter that and the whole idea is to win through one of a number of different victory conditions one of which might be uh so for example in civ 6 you have the ability to win through tourism which is uh your culture is so massively high and important and valued and respected that you have more people, more tourists from every other civilization visiting your civilization than they are staying at home and having their own holidays is is this basically a game designed to create the next european city of culture is that is that (laughs) is this basically what this game is Uh, so so if you so if you want it to you know uh, in some ways like if you want to go down that cultural route like you will learn loads about how about how cities and civilizations flourish as cultural cities you'll also learn because 
culture is not the only way that you're going to that you're going to win. Um, so you might instead decide that um, that uh, you're going to play as uh, Bapu Gandhi, which is what I'm playing at the moment. I am currently 18 hours into my first game of Civ Six. Uh, so uh, these are long. So is each kind of historical figure and period basically a level? No, uh, no. I'll come on to that in a second. So basically, each each historical figure is like playing as an archetype of a character. So it's like in JRPGs, <laughs> in JRPGs, Babu Gandhi would be like uh, he would be the cleric, uh, whereas um, playing as Bismarck you would probably say that they were the knight or something like that. Like they, they have archetypes of things they are particularly good at, but they are not confined to their own time uh, or to historical accuracy of how their cultures actually work. Like, for example, which is going on to like how I'm playing at the moment, for example, Babu Gandhi um, is... Uh, so he's all about faith, Generally, he's he's very much about like he, he gets advantages and so forth from pe- his own people using their faith to uh, make great things happen. So you you build up uh, this this faith resource which comes through um, uh, through 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 your religion and through building religious uh, sites and monuments and so forth. And because you build this currency up, you can then use that to spend on. Uh, you might spend it on um, apostles to go and uh, wage religious war on your opponents, which is to say they try and convert people to your religion. And if they're converted to your religion, you get a whole bunch of uh, free free stuff for, for that happening because you're spreading your religion across the world. Uh, again, that's one of the, the, the victory conditions. You can just spread your religion across the world. Um, but the, 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 the game I've been having... Um, Gandhi unfortunately has got into a, got himself into a bit of a pickle. Oh, Gandhi, uh, <laughs> Gandhi, uh, with the French. So the French are um, they're on my continent. So it's a representation of the whole world. They're on my continent. We're the only two. Um, we're the only two civilizations on my continent. There's another much larger one that I still haven't got to. Remember, Dan, eighteen hours into the game, and I've not seen the other side of the world yet. Um, and uh, it takes a long time to get to the other side of the world. It it, it absolutely does. So initially, I was like role playing as Gandhi, right? You guys were talking about football manager and how, like, you know, you're you're, you're figuring out how the match plays out and what they're all about. Um, I'm I'm role playing as Gandhi, or at least I was. Um, and I was like, you know, I want to I, I want to be about peace. I want to be about intelligence. I want to be about faith. I, you know, I'm I, I want to spread these things out and uh, bring peace to the world. And the French were having none of it. Um, they basically, I was like, so I was doing this trading that you were touched on there, Dan. Um, you know, I was trying to, I was getting it, I found them, I got in touch with them. I was like, hey guys, I'd like to uh, come over to our city, come and have a look at our city. And the French were like, no. <laughs> uh, so, so, so they weren't interested in visiting me. I was like, oh, okay, touchy. All right, that's fine, that's fine. I'll, I'll win them over with love. So I was like sending them gifts because you can trade. So I was saying, well, um, I've got like 30 gold uh, that I've got spare. Uh, why don't I just give you a, 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 you know, this? And also I have plenty of chocolate in my land. I'm going to give you money and I'm going to give you chocolate. And I sent that over to the French. Are you seriously trying to woo them? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was, yeah, absolutely. I was like, look, guys, let's work together. Were you, were you banging your eyelids at, eyelashes at them? <laughs> absolutely. Showing them a bit of leg. <laughs> Gandhi's got lovely <laughs> legs. Um, so, so, you know, doing all that sort of stuff. And then... And then 
on a dime, they they their grand plan uh, was unfurled, and they turned their backs on me and they said, "Surprise! Uh, uh, this fake friendship has gone far enough. We wage war with you." And so suddenly now, Gandhi leading his peaceful people in India, these very devout Sikhs, uh, are now at war with the French. And I spend the next 40 years in the game uh, waging this bitter, destructive, pointless war against the French. Gandhi! And, I, and it's this hard, it's this hard-fought battle. And then suddenly, half, three-quarters of the way through it, the Germans turn up. And so do the Romans. And so I'm like, oh no, because the Germans immediately have have uh, have uh, they immediately strike up something with the French, who are losing this battle with the Indians. By the way, on, these these Germans and Romans from the same time period. <laughs> no, so these so so the Germans uh, the so they are from the same time period, in so much as we're all playing in the same time period, and we all have access to the same technology. Okay, so it's not like the Nazis and the time. Roman Empire have show up. No, right. absolutely not. Um, and uh, so, so the Germans turn up, and they're they're pals with the French. Uh, it turns out because they've already met, and so I'm like, oh god, this is not good. And then, in a stroke of luck, I meet the Romans, and the Romans hate the Germans. They absolutely hate them, and they're already at war. But the Germans love me. Uh, sorry, the the sorry, the Romans absolutely love me, and they decide that they're going to ally with me, and we say, let's defend one another, and immediately. The Germans back off. The French are still after me, and I managed to beat them right down, uh, and, um, and and sort of fend everything off. And and then we negotiate a peace deal. They give me two of their cities and a whole bunch of money because they're very very upset that they tried to wage war on me. And we're really sorry about all of this. And in three hundred years' time, they'll try and do exactly the same thing again. But anyway, um, and and that all took place over the course of about six or seven hours. And was utterly thrilling. Like, this kind of strategic thinking about how am I going to build my civilization? How am I going to explore the world? How shall I interact with other cultures? Morally and philosophically, what do I want to say in this game? Um, And, you know, how do I want to win and win this game and by winning the game what you're essentially saying is you know you know do i want to dest- you know destroy large chunks of civilizations and dominate or do i want to be peaceful and and run the united nations or do i want my culture to just be a shining beacon to everyone um and it's fascinating now there's i think there's a thing down that you're stumbling upon which is this idea of like different time periods so Everyone goes through the game, and you start. Everyone starts at the same era with the same technologies and the same access to everything. So the Egyptians and the um, the uh, the North Americans, they're led by people from very different eras, but they all start as uh, like no more than barbarians, really. Like back right back in the day, like they're, the first weapons you have are like, I mean they're. They're clubs and arrows. They're, they're not even spears. Like you have, you've got to research iron. Like you know. So, and then you go all the way up. So, at the moment, you know, you can very easily foresee a, a period of time where you know you're twenty one hundred, and the Egyptians are sending men, uh, you know, men and women to to the moon. You know, it's it's very. It it plays with that historical setting a lot. Um, 
and uh, I've, I've just I've just splurged all over this. Uh, I just I just well, I, maybe this is kind of a question for kind of George as well. Because I know George, you've obviously got some experience with kind of other Civ games. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, I've never played any of these, and I can't. I, don't, I mean, I'm, by the sounds of it, you're not kind of saying that there's anything. Uh, completely different to some of the older games so in terms of accessibility as we kind of mentioned when we talked about football manager if you don't have any experience with these games what how when you step in because what you're talking about there in terms of creating peace treaties and the moral decisions you're making that sounds very like there's a it sounds like there's a lot of stuff to be thinking about how easy is it how kind of spoon-fed is it at the start to like to bring a new player in well i found that whenever i've played civ that i've actually gotten the hang of it fairly quickly i mean it, it, in mm. terms of like the core of what it is it's i mean because i mean pete was mentioning about the fact that it's kind of like the most sort of awesome board game in the world ever uh and it, it has that similar thing about a, a board game where it feels like you sort of have to have a sort of a quick go of the instructions go i don't fully understand this but i'm going to give it a go and then you give yeah. it a go and you're like, okay, I was useless at that, but now I understand how it works, so now I can do much better at it. And I, I, I mean, like yeah. what Pete was saying, I mean, the thing that I found really fascinating hearing you talk all about that, Peter, is the fact that the people who I talk to regularly in the football manager community, their time, they're basically, you know, a lot of the, particularly the experienced people who've played it for a long time, it's it's pretty much a toss up between civil football manager because even though they're very different games in terms of what you're doing like to be successful in both of them you have to be like who are we what are we doing how are we going to yep. do it how do we achieve those objectives in a practical way what steps do i have to take you know you have to do all of those things and so it means that i think even though you know civ is obviously a completely different kettle of fish to football manager the mindset of the players of those games actually really closely match up. So even if you're sort of a bit yep. like, uh, why is why is Gandhi ridiculously aggressive? You know, like that's sort of you know that's one of the sort of a particular sort of. When did he become tropes. a warlord? Yeah, I, well, in so so the joke actually, Dan is in Civ Five. I believe the vanilla version of Civ Five. He was he was the one who, if you got to the late game, he was the one who was most likely to nuke you. <laughs> Which, I mean, who knows? I mean, he didn't live that lot like long enough to get to that period of time, I guess. But yeah, he he yeah he. Uh, but Civilization has those stories. Yeah. Like it has the. The, you know uh, the Indians and, and the French hated one another in you know and they had an animosity for 40 years you know it, it, they had it has the it builds those stories out I mean I, I don't know about you George but like I kind of feel like it's one of those games where as you say it's like you start the game you put it on the very easiest mode that you can and you let uh, you know you let the advisor yeah. very very quickly walk you through some of the steps of the opening game until you understand what you're doing and then and then suddenly it's a little bit like riding a bike in the suddenly you know your parents are, are, are behind you and they're not holding on to you anymore and you're riding yeah, I, yeah you know? and I, or the, the other one that i think is like it's it's the mate who introduces you to a new board game it's the yeah. person I'm particularly leaving the advisor on it's that kind of sense of someone who's sitting there and you're sat on the other side of the table and they go okay so you want to do this 
and you're doing this for this mm. reason and you go okay and they go did you get that and you go maybe <laughs> maybe I let's got that. Let's try it one more time. Let's I'll try it one more time. Exactly. Let's pretend that I didn't yeah. get it. This is just a dummy hand. But this is just. This is just. <laughs> we're we're going to redeal this, you know. But I mean, like this is it. Like I, I was um, went on holiday with a couple of my friends to to Brussels a few weeks ago, and they introduced me to a couple of new card games. It's that kind of feeling of someone going, "Okay, here's how this works." So when this happened it's like this and you go ah okay and then when you're initially doing mm. it you're like i know what we're doing mechanically but i don't know how any of that fits in strategy and then you start winning and losing yes. some games and you or, or, or you start doing something well and you're like oh actually you know it's like the synapse is firing off you know it's like okay oh i can do this and if i do this then could i do this and you go yeah and it's it, it's like you're you, you need to be you know Part if like, like, let's say it's a four-player game, you need to be the person who comes third, and at the end of it, go ah, that's why I came third yes. because I didn't set this, this, and this up. Like Civ, Civ definitely has that. Like some of the things you'll do in Civ, there are there are things there are decisions that I made in Civ Six four hours ago that are biting me in the ass right now. Like, and they are decisions sometimes that were very very deliberate and thought like thoughtful like uh i will um you know i will aggressively pursue um diplomatic relations with uh city states because uh those city states if i'm if i'm seen as like their benefactor they are more likely to come to my aid um like they are more like people are less likely to come after me because they know that i've got access to these city states and i can use their armies and all that sort of stuff and then some of the decisions i made i I didn't make them actively like i just kind of left my religion to do whatever it wanted i didn't really focus on religion at all and it's meant that it's meant that my my ability to to uh, to to get access to more important buildings and to, to basically just buy my way through some of the tech uh, through some of the building list for my city and upgrading my city um, that that's been a lot harder recently so I've had so it's meant that I've gone oh okay th- this is going really badly so I need to f- change my, the focus of my economy much more on like straight up money like I just need to be rich so that if I'm attacked by France again, then I've got enough coffers to uh, to to buy units just just straight out the gate and just be like, no, no way, I'm, you know, I've got people defending my cities. Um, now, did you? So, George, you, you played Civ Five, right? I played. I'll be honest; it was back Civ Four. That's how long ago it was. Civ yeah, four. I know exactly. Ooh, exactly. So it, it's been a while, but it's one of those things. I mean, like the way I'd sort of say it to. Dan, it's, I, I keep couching it in football manager terms, but that's because I know that this will get through to you. But it's <laughs> yes, like, indeed. so, but I mean, it, it's a bit like, like in football manager, you can do things like manage your wage budget. Um, so you'll make sure that your players are on a certain amount of wages so that you're, you're, you don't go in the red. But then just imagine that instead of just being able to do that, you're able to then take over at more sort of a board level as well. And you were able to say, okay, instead of my club being all about developing young talent we're going to become a galacticos thing and we're going to start doing marketing deals and okay you start so he's doing looking at it from a higher level that's it and it's like civ is basically the most 
zoomed out level that you could get in terms of high level it's the instead of going civilizations are constructs of history and of people doing things over a period of time and different people shaping things in different way civ is basically like right forget all that nonsense it's you you're in charge of this civilization you steer Mm. it in whatever way you want but you've got to steer it because otherwise you're not going to win and it's and it's really fascinating like i i keep finding myself like thinking about like i will make a decision and then i'll as the as the turn is going through because obviously the computer's got to do a whole bunch of stuff in the background figuring out what who's going to move what and what all the opponents going to do sometimes i'll catch myself going why did i do that like not just from a stra- strategy point of view but from a from like a from like a a, a moral point of view there were, there are decisions i could have made in civ which i specifically didn't because i didn't agree with going down that route morally like it would have been beneficial 60 years ago in the game for me to adopt nationalism but for me personally i just couldn't deal with that and I, you know i could have adopted fascism if i wanted to and that would have been actually quite useful at one point <laughs> um but i was like a i'm not like that and b gandhi's not like that but and 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 it make it does make you question what you will do to be successful and um, yeah, it's a really interesting reflection of of of, um, uh, of of civilization building and global politicking and and like ethical questions that people who make very big decisions have to come to. To to be to be fair, Pete, I think even before you told me about this, explained how much you love this game, I'd kind of got an inkling. Uh, when just the other day, um, we 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 occasionally we play video games together, and we we'd, yep. we'd arrange to play video games together. Um, Don't throw me under the bus. Uh, I'm gonna throw you under the bus, but it's okay because <laughs> it'll come out and it'll be yep. okay. I'm not gonna be mad at you at the end of it. Um, All right. Okay, go on then. Because uh, we'd arrange to play video games, and yep. the time rolled around. At which point we're trying to figure out. I'm asking you, Pete. When are we gonna play? When are we gonna play? I'm waiting. When are we gonna play? And then I get a message back from you saying. I can't play. I've decided I'm playing too much Civ Six. <laughs> so you dumped yep. me for Civ Six. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I was left bewildered, bereft, um, w- <sighs> with a PlayStation controller yep. in my hand yep. and nothing to play. I'm willing to jeopardise friendships to play Civ Six. To play Civ Six. But the silver lining of that, because uh, yep. I, I, what made up for it was the fact that I decided, you know what, I'm not even going to play any games. I'm going to watch some telly. So I popped on nice. to iPlayer and I watched him which I believe George you've seen as well which was oh, kind of amazing yes. it was Planet Earth 2 it's Planet Earth 2 and it was kind oh. of amazing Did you, have you seen it yet Peter? Uh, Dan sent me a text saying it's got crabs and I was like oh, you've got Jesus. to watch it you've got what? to watch just, it just, just so you know uh, George uh, I have somewhat of a fear of crabs Right, and so okay. having seen that first episode, you can under you can imagine uh, how I felt at a certain segment of that episode. Yeah, there was a certain segment which could have been described as rather crabby, and yeah. that was not just in terms of how it was feeling, <laughs> um, but seriously, uh, it was absolutely stunning television. Like some of the 
some of the stuff they showed i mean it was it was basically like game of thrones nature documentary edition in which horrible things happened (laughs) some really horrible things happened but it was so like what what so have you said have you but it's about nature i like animal documentaries where they're like look at this cute uh, koala, look at how right. silly he is. There's an amazing sloth. There, there is, there is an amazing sloth. Oh. So that that will that will that. give you that. Have you heard anything about iguanas and snakes on social media this week? Uh, okay. No. Oh no, I did. Yeah, no, I saw, you saw something. something. There was like an iguana and a snake. Pete, Pete, you know Chris refers to himself as a racing snake. Yeah. This this episode contains actual racing snakes. And they're not very nice. No. So what happens is, okay, so they go to this island and they're sort of saying, oh, look, here is this iguana. And he lives peacefully on the <laughs> island. And look at this. Yeah, and then okay. they're sort of doing, oh, this is cute. This is, this is a really big iguana. But then he gets flies on his faces. So a smaller lizard will sit on the iguana's head and eat the flies. And so you just see these. It's all very nice and jaunty. Exactly. All very nice and jaunty. And they go to this beach and... The iguanas lay their eggs in the beach and then the egg hatches and the iguana climbs out of the sand, the baby iguana. So this is a baby iguana. That sounds nice. Then they have to run across a plane as fast as they can because otherwise they'll be eaten by snakes that are waiting to catch them as they emerge from the sand for the first time. It's literally like some kind of gladiatorial gauntlet that they have to run. It's basically... I mean, so imagine... Like, you're a small child, you've just been raised at home, and and you're you're free, and you're told, right, you can go to school, but you've got to make a 200-metre dash down the road, past those five men dressed as clowns with knives. If you get to the other end, you get to go to school. If you don't, you very much don't get to go to school. (laughs) (laughs) And that, that is what happened to a large number of baby iguanas, except replace replace knife-wielding clowns with snakes that yeah. hunt in packs. Oh my God. Uh, but the, the, only, the only thing that kind of lightens it ever so slightly right. is that when the baby iguanas run, they look hilarious. They do look hilarious. I mean, like that's the thing, is they look hilarious. And it's like, when one of them gets away, it's like, you know there's that bit in uh, Empire Strikes Back where the rebel transporters are going, yeah. and it's just like, transporters gone away, yeah! It's like you really get that sort of G'd up moment when one of the iguanas survived. But the rest <laughs> of it is like grim horror, but it's just so brilliantly shot and just so... Uh, it's just such fascinating television. And, I mean... Cause it's, it's like, I mean, I'm not a... I've got a kind of a HD TV and stuff. I don't watch much HD TV because a lot of the time I don't think it's worth it. Yeah. Just because I don't get that much out of it. But absolutely, every time I watch one of the David Attenborough documentaries and stuff like that, it's just stunning. And you have to watch it in as high definition as you can get because the colours... I I physically don't know how they get some of the shots that they do, such close-ups. Yeah, like it's, the the techniques that they have to go through to actually get as close to the animals as they do, it's it's a, it's amazing. Like they get really like right up next to a Komodo dragon, like two of them having a fight, which is like, oh my god, this is so intense. But oh then there's word. just, I mean, the thing as well is just like it was just a really funny documentary in the sense that it was kind of swinging between tone. So it was kind of like, oh look, here are the happy penguins. Oh look, they're all on the island and it's a peaceful island and they're all safe on the island. But the reason 
the reason why they're safe is because there's a sheer cliff face which the penguins have to climb up when they've been out fishing at sea and like waves smack against it and like they sort of show penguins like hobbling back with like blood running down their sides and you're like oh my god this is so horrible and then like the crabs like with the crabs sorry I'm just ruining it all but the crabs so the thing is is just like oh look at these crabs this is amazing these crabs live in a forest and maintain a habitat and then 50 million of them walk out to sea at one time that sounds magical right and then suddenly what happens is they do walk out to sea provided that they don't get attacked by yellow ants that spray acid in their faces and kill them I'm not going to lie I, I was at that point I was you fast forwarding you were, fast you were fast forwarding I thought you would just be cheering because of the large number of crabs that were being slaughtered <laughs> well now I know they meet their demise then I'm absolutely going to go back and watch it but it's one of those things in which it's just like you know ugh, oh, I mean we're recording this on an interesting day in human history and you're like you know sometimes you sit there and you think life can be pretty bad for us but then i think there's no point where i've had insects spray acid in my eye and eat me so yet i like to sort of but yet but i like to sort of balance it out like it's not we've not had the greatest of times at the moment but i'm yet to be hunted to my death by a pack of snakes so it's kind of like it's planet earth it's both beautifully shot fascinating and a very handy reminder that however bad I think my life is I could be one of those baby iguanas you might have some dinner I've um, discovered a range of hot dog vegetarian mm-hmm. hot dogs which you know you eat normal hot dogs yeah. and they like, and I mean like yeah. frankfurters and they don't something about them doesn't feel like they are meat they're, they're, yes. they, they, they're the texture is very processed. Yeah. Well, these vegetarian ones are exactly the same and taste exactly the same. And I'm like, these are better. <laughs> like, like clearly, I don't know what the difference... I mean, clearly the difference is a horse yeah, wasn't murdered. But like, or whatever it is. But like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, vegetarian hot dogs they've they've nailed it bacon can't do it no. not really well, uh, no because that's uh, just a slice I, of that's just a slice of meat exactly yeah I, I tried I tried um, a I tried a vegetarian pork cutlet no no I mean it was fine but not pork cutlet Lin- Linda McCartney's fucking nailed absolutely fucking nailed well because the whole but the whole thing about sausages and hot dogs and things like that is they're just reconstituted bits of other bits put together so like with the meat you barely get any meat in a sausage anyway so the majority of the stuff in the sausage is not sausage it's just not meat so it means that you can it means you can just make anything into a sausage you could have like a chocolate sausage or something you, you could just you could buy higher meat content sausage you can buy i think pork sausages which is some like 98 percent pork yeah but that, you know that's unwieldy you know, it's just <laughs> yes, like, too much. yeah that's an unwieldy amount of pork yeah it's an unwieldy sausage i mean that's that's just meat you know at that rate that's a pork chop exactly that's not hot dog fodder that's not american mustard and tomato ketchup no. fodder that's I'm going to have that with a nice, you know, nice little bit of mash and maybe it's kind of one that the, the uh, hot dog seller takes out of the water to put in your bun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's you want what something I want. that you just sort of bite um, through, essentially. 
Okay. Yeah, that that really has little more consistency. That yeah. offers yeah. no resistance that's, to your to your eating. The, the ultimate sausage is one that offers no resistance. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think we can all agree on that. That was staying in with me, Daniel Frost, Peter Willington and George Osborne. A huge thanks to George for joining us. And if you want to see more from him, you can catch his podcast on all things Football Manager, the Deep Line podcast, which is out weekly. I highly recommend it. It's one of my favourites. You can also find him on Twitter on at George Osborne. Remember, it's without the E on Osborne. And speaking of Twitter, you can also follow us there by going to at Staying in Pod. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to head over to iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, or wherever you get your podcast to subscribe and leave us a review. It's the best way of letting other people know about the show. And also, every time we get a review, Pete does a little dance. You should see it. It's adorable. And finally, head over to stayingin.podbean.com for information on all of our episodes and links to everything discussed today. Until next time, thanks for listening.